And welcome to episode three oh five of the Aaron Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my South Beach loving co-hosts Peter and Jake. We're all connected via the internet, friends forever, you might say, through eternity, loyalty, honesty. It's a jam, dude. I swear. I think if this movie has nothing else, it's got charm in that song alone but it's got more than that it's got tons they of stuff. had a they had a hell of a bassist uh those those are those rhythm lines so good uh this week the cast the edition is called the hamster wheel edition it's the amazing tool that's so simple that people can't even use it like Try to imagine a person running in a hamster wheel. They're going to flip over every time. Are you stumping time. for wheels in the great doors versus wheels debate, Peter? Because I thought we agreed no. we were team door. It's a hoop, Kurt. It has no wait, 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 wait. Before I get to where we're coming at you live, are you guys team door? I, we yeah. we kind of did some figuring, and we think we're thinking door's the way to go. All right, Jake. Uh, I'm us, team give wheel. Give us your pitch. Um, uh, it's it's a lot of the same old, same old, like just fucking toy cars. Uh, Legos uh, are massive manufacturers of wheels, uh, wheels and tires. Uh, you've got also the fact that there's like ball bearings that are basically ball wheels bearings are of not wheels. wheels. They're bearings. It's a different thing. Just like gears are different from wheels. I I do not. I will give credit. I will not count gears as um as wheels but i will count i depending on the on what's inside of the ball bearing uh, or, or not ball bearing i guess a bearing um that's that's mm-hmm. sometimes a bunch of cylinders inside of a wheel like configuration that does spin in a 360 uh, uh you know rotational fashion uh, you also have uh, just office chairs, fucking office chairs. How many office chairs exist in the world? They all got five wheels, sometimes ten wheels. If you want to count both wheel, like think about doors to your cabinets. Doors, there's like so many little tiny doors in the world too. I live in a four story building. I I wonder how many wheels are in my building versus how many doors. Oh, and now I do have to ask if you're among the the pack of drunkards who who naively believe <laughs> that the hinges of a door are are classified under wheels. Oh, we, uh, mu- much those, like the Republican Party, we don't acknowledge those people. Uh, we're you know we're conservative. We're fine with our you know. I'll gun say this. I think it's close. <laughs> I think it's a pretty close competition. But I personally I've believe heard- there would be more doors. I've heard good arguments for both sides. I, I, I've heard. I've even seen some people going down to like the molecular scale and thinking like, um, what were they? There were different like proteins and like DNA that were gated channels, and they were calling <laughs> yes, those the, the gates the uh, door. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, that's stretching it. Okay, I'm not. I'm not calling like a, a fucking carbon nanotube a, a wheel. Okay, let's let's get real right now. Let's get a wheel. 
Let's get wheel. Let's get wheel. And let's get wheel from the cocaine capital of the world in Miami, where we're coming at you live. And, and cocaine is not a good drug. Don't Straight out of the 305. What, what does he say? The stupid cocaine? That stupid cocaine. Yes, stupid. I, I assume. Uh, the movie was, Stupid this was a very dense movie <laughs> that we watched. It was, I, I couldn't keep track of it. I was up till one. So. Trying to parse the mysteries of this film. The joke here is that this is episode 305. Miami's area code is 305. So, to celebrate this splendiferous confluence of events, we took a look at Miami Connection which is a pretty infamously bad movie in the same vein of a lot of the bad movies we watch on this show. Um, and it did did recall many a Godfrey Ho picture from me. I thought this was better than Godfrey Ho. I'm not I saying say. that it was worse. I just said that it reminded okay. me a lot because there's just yeah. randomly... Nin- it's a lot like Ninja Operation 1 where you had cocaine-filled basketballs and baguettes yeah, I, with cocaine I, in them. I do... I We have to remark on the lack of, of cocaine-filled everyday objects. They... In 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 uh, Ninja Operation, they... I love it. They put the... They put the coke in the coke. I did... I finished... I finally got around to reading the Ninjas All the Way article you sent me a while back. And how Richard Harrison only signed up for like two movies, but the footage was used in over twenty. <laughs> Dude, he was a Godfrey Ho. He was a master of of stretching out his his allotted uh, what he had to work with. Yeah, the, his company just bought a bunch of unfinished Hong Kong movies and stitched in Gordon, <laughs> and that was his ninja operation. Uh, but operation. It's not Miami Connection, though. It's not there's Miami no, Connection. I don't think there's a rock concert in any of the uh, Ninja Operations. No, just yeah, a color changing sword. Don't change your dial. You're not listening to the Beach Boys. <laughs> this is Dragon Sound. They're into Hying Five and Hanging Ten. Hanging Ten. Just like we're going to hang ten on some trailers. This week in our trailer roundup and review segment, Trey Watch. I don't know if that's a proper use of hanging 10, and I also do not care. <laughs> so. Oh. Uh, do not confuse this with our, with our semi-regular uh, magical creature, uh, you know, frozen TV dinner segment, Trey Witch. That's all that that was the entirety of that joke. I had nowhere to go from there. Uh, I was stuck in, you might say, deep water. Deep water. Don't call it deep water. Gone Girl, because it's not Gone Girl. It's totally different. It's Bond Boy. I mean, Ben Affleck (laughs) finds himself. And yet another terrible relationship, this time with Ana de Armas, who I guess just has many brother husbands. <laughs> I, I remember we watched the teaser of this and I was like, this looks weird and terrible and rapey. 
didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on with that teaser because it's just them making eyes at each other in the park. Now we get a little more context, and um, he's Ben Affleck and Anna Armas are, are married. She might also be married to other men or just fuck other men. And uh, Ben Affleck is not happy about this, but he deals with it because <laughs> if he was married to anyone else, he'd be so bored he'd kill himself, according to Anna Armas here. Um, it definitely gives off Gone Girl vibes. Um, and you know, a lot of that has to do with Ben Affleck making very sad faces while a woman (laughs) tries to destroy his life. Um, but, um, I mean, I, I, it's got potential to be good. There's, there's a murder that happens along here somewhere. When was the last time Hulu put out a movie that we would consider a real hit? Um, an original it's been movie. A, while. a lot of people like the one with Andy Samberg. Uh, was that uh, the uh, Spring Break? Palm Springs or something, or something like that. Palm Springs, yeah. Okay. They carried so Parasite. That wasn't like them. That wasn't theater though. That wasn't their movie. Um. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, it, this seems like it's crazy because it's just like, I, unless they took all the shots in the movie that are her cheating and they just smash cut it, because she fucks so many more people than like her husband. <laughs> so maybe maybe the twist is gonna be like he's into it and like this was his reason to like kill people, and they're just all bad. They wanted to bring cucking to the theater. Man, this is a Redditor's wet dream. Where are the soy boys? <laughs> I'm looking at the thumbnail for this and like, yep. That's the face of the Sigma male grind set. Huh. Alright, that's a deep... I'm, I'm trying to go through the comments to see if there was anybody who was really like bothered. Oh yeah, these new Batmans keep getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> Oh, is that Rachel Dawes? Is that the uh, the DC Universe's Rachel Dawes that they're gonna cast in here? They're gonna do redo the the Nolan movies with Batfleck? Well, obviously not, Jake, because they already have their next Batman movie set and planned, and we there's actually a trailer for it right now. Yeah. Um, oh. It's the DC League of Super Pets. It's the next oh, trailer. Um. This one is just the extended one between if it's not Ace, I'm going to riot. <laughs> I know Ace comes in later, but he's the he's the main one when you think Batman has a dog. At least that's the one in my head. Yeah. Like, Batman has a dog. That dog has to be Ace. Batman has had um, several. This is also not a great Dane and isn't pitch black, so I guess maybe it's best. But they're they're talking to each other. And I guess they cast uh, Keanu Reeves as Batman this time. That's right. Yeah, I I heard. Because <laughs> if someone gives off the intensity of Batman, it's Keanu Reeves. There was some bullshit on Facebook where there was an article that's like Keanu Reeves casts the next Batman in movies, and people are like, "Well, first Ben Affleck, now Robert Pattinson, and now Keanu Reeves. Was Pattinson already done with it?" It's like, no, fucking read the article, you jerk. 
They don't want people DC to read the article. He's not as as fucking obsessed with maintaining a meticulous continuity in their movies as Marvel is. They realize that that's not going to work for them. Yeah. Just I hope they just to... have like a I hope DC does like a Batverse where they have like all the Batmans team up and they have this one, they have the Lego Batman, Batfleck. We got Nolan's Batman in here. I'm down with it. Christian Bale's price tag alone will make that movie unmakeable. <laughs> yeah, Christian Bale and Ben Affleck. And they'll have to somehow find a way to include Adam West. I'll dig him up. Oh, they you can put Egon in the new Ghostbusters. You can do anything. Grand Moff Tarkin was in Rogue face. One. Guy'd <laughs> been dead for years. <laughs> Hollywood's actually uh, secretly working on their necromancy skills, and they've just been getting better and better. Secretly, <laughs> well, they called it computer animated, or they called it you know, Kevin generated. Hart. <laughs> <laughs> it's the final straw. Kevin, he's the final. He's the their Terminator. Speaking if you of, will. Uh, no, that's that's not a great transition, Terminator. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say. Going to talk about Apollo ten and a half now. <laughs> yeah, um, Apollo ten and a half. It's uh, got what is this called again? Um, uh, rotoscope. Yeah, yeah it's got it's, some rotoscope. I guess this is something Linklater's done before. This reminds me of. Jeez, uh... <sighs> I forget the name of the movie. I want to say it was Sideways, but I don't think that was that's correct. But like, I rem- it was kind of shot like this, and it was just. People are all saying through a scanner darkly. Yeah, it's it's rough for me personally because it's it's really uncanny valley. Because a lot of times some they'll just have the live action footage that they're drawing over, and like the the movements are too realistic for animation. Mm. It just yeah, it's uncanny valley. You know what? I have a feeling that they took that he took. Um, at least part of the team from uh, the people who did Marvel What If. Or they took one of the studios that had worked on that because this is, this gives me that feeling. Oh, I'm sure a lot of. Um, but I, I kind of, I, I like the, uh, the premise here is that, you know, it's, it's, it's perfect like kids movie material. Yeah. I could imagine reading this in fifth grade in my in my reading class in my reading group um it's about a kid living in houston the 60s and they made the lunar module too small so they gotta get a kid into space and the kid gets to be an astronaut and he gets to learn all the space stuff and then he gets to have a have a space it's like thunderpants you know the movie where rupert grint was the sidekick to the kid who couldn't stop farting that one had a space part in it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's it seems like it's going to be a perfectly fine kids movie. Um, space is. If cool. you thought this was, if you thought this was Uncanny Valley, you should look up the trailer for Scanner Darkly, unless you've already seen it. That is really really creepy to watch. That's like that blurs a line a little bit too much between like live action and and like animated Scanner drawn. Darkly. Yeah, Scanner Darkly. I look because I looked up a uh, link. Keanu Reeves is in that movie. 
Oh yeah, they uh, yeah. they definitely put a just a filter over this. Oh. Yeah, Walking Life and the Scanner Darkly are the two like rotoscope movies that he's done, uh, which maybe that's the trilogy that this looks somehow they connect. Like, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Um, they they made some good jokes in the trailer, so maybe the writing is actually pretty decent. Um, there's uh they're kind of going through the changes of uh the seventies. Uh, is this Jack Black? Yes. yes. I'm hearing? Jack All Black right. is, yeah. I think, the narrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Jack Black, the narrator. Yeah. And they're like, saying, is that a hippie? Yeah, it's a hippie. Is that a hippie? No. Their hair's not long enough. But they got bell bottoms. No, yeah, it's a, it's a hippie. Locks the door. <laughs> it's like, man, I wish, I wish we were back in those times. It's much simpler. Just had to worry about long hair and bell bottoms. Instead, you got here, there, Jake. You got a uh, got a I don't know something against a luscious something more racy luscious, luscious head nest. <laughs> I don't know if yours would be considered uh, like hippie length, not yours oh, or Kurt's. Uh, mine, no, I don't think mine so. Definitely would. Hippies were like down past their like shoulders. Shit. Any uh, guy with hair wrong. like past his neck back in those days was considered a hippie. Well, all you are fucking hippies then. I hate you. No, that's fine. I'm okay. I I'm, accept I'm very much not like hippie at all. How dare you be a hippie? Uh, walking around in your bell bottoms, taking birth control. Yeah, like Flova Scotia, sex. where the <laughs> orgasms are a moonshot, which transitions <laughs> us next into our trailer for Moonshot. <laughs> Got there. Oh, My skills unrivaled. Oh, Top. God. You know where I. Top Podcaster Award 2022 coming in hot. Kurt Bennett, Saturn Studs Podcast. Look, if you're going to skip one movie this year, skip Moonshot. Don't need it. I know it's got a cat in it. Don't need it. It's a romantic comedy with some sci-fi elements that everyone knows 100,000% how it's going to end. They got one of the Sprouse twins in there. I don't know. Maybe he shifts with his other, you know, his sibling. Uh, he's fresh off the set of Riverdale. Doing weird shit from that comic. Archie. I don't. Still don't know how that's I don't a, know that a show based really off much Archie. Based on the Archie comics at this point. Apparently it's 100% based on it So I imagine every scene Was put in a newspaper somewhere in the funnies I've heard some like Breakdowns (laughs) And from what I understand it's almost More like based on The director's fanfic Of Archie I mean that sounds He wrote a fan like he loved like the director Or someone like involved in the production Is like fucking loved Archie Like he wrote like a shit ton of fanfic and then he got a job making this show. That's not like, right. It's not right. Uh, yeah, so this... Maybe this will appeal to the TikTokers. The Tuck Tickers. Tiki Tookies. I don't know. Zoom Zooms? Like the, I, of course not you, Jake. This, I, by TikTokers, I'm a teeny boppers. Oh, oh. Like Gen Zers who... The Zoom Zooms, yeah. Still believe in... Like, this is a thing. I don't even know what happens. He gets he traps himself. No, so so girl, girl dates guy likes. who's on Mars 
he's obviously like cheating on her, doesn't have interest in the long distance relationship, but he checks all her boxes quite literally. She has a checklist of what she's looking for in a dude. And then her uh-huh. friend stows away Shoot. on the ship with her because he's always wanting to go to Mars. And obviously they're going to fall in love and the other guy's going to get revealed to be an asshole and she's going to cry about yeah. it for a while. And the other guy's going to be like, her friend zoned guy is going to come and be like, no, it's okay. What you're looking for was here the whole time. And then they're going to have their, it's, it's every fucking rom-com ever. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just set with he's sci-fi shot. So yeah, people are saying, people are saying out here, why couldn't it just be like a cruise ship to Europe? Why did it have to be on a spaceship okay. going to Mars? And I say, and I say, I say that it had to be sci-fi because it's pushing the boundaries of the rom-com in that we now have the most scientific advancement in the rom-com. We have the manic pixie dream boy. <laughs> no longer I f- are we restricted to just the manic pixie dream girl. I think that. It's fine to set this in space. Like, th- this isn't well-tread ground, a rom-com in a sci-fi setting. And I think there's there's opportunities to be creative with that concept. I don't think this movie's going to seize any of those opportunities. But on paper, I don't hate it. I don't I don't mind. I think it I think you can play around with setting and that's probably the least important thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's more first and foremost it is a teeny bopper rom-com. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. watch it scene by scene on TikTok <laughs> with someone dancing over with it. someone claiming that X character is being iconic for <laughs> that word has been so devalued. Apparently, this is the sequel to Moonfall. Uh, cool that they uh, made a movie sequel right to a movie that just came out. I guess we like built back pretty ago. pretty well then. <laughs> hey, Earth build back better, baby. Earth That's seems, what it's all about. Earth seems pretty pretty hopping. Colonizing Mars now. <laughs> Oh, uh, was that Zach Braff that I peeped in here for like yes. once one tick? He gets nice. to be the like the grown up mentor figure, I guess. I hope Turkleton pops up somewhere. And they, they got all their costume design from uh Xenon, the the space bitch from Disney. Xeon, maybe it is. Is that what her name is? <laughs> that's my favorite Disney Plus special, Xenon the Space Bitch. Xeon? No, that's a processor. Xenon? Is it Xenon? Zion, maybe? Disney. You've got me, Jake. Yeah, yeah Xenon. Yeah, Xenon. Girl of the 21st century. Huzzar. How do, you, how do you spell this? I need to. I'm popping it in the chat. What about Phil of the Future? He was a 22nd century oh, man. Oh, what? Jake, how, I have to ask Jake, yep. how how do you know this offhand? Why how do I know this? this? I watched this when I was a baby, when I was a little tot, when I was a little you know 10-year-old boy, and I watched what, some wait, uh, is Disney. Is what they put on cable? Yes. This is yeah, this is a cable, cable Disney Channel original movie. It's Somehow a Somehow made it to v- VHS. Hell yeah. Decoms are big uh, for 97 people. minutes of pure bliss. 
I Thank still you, do Dave not Passen. regret um, having three. I, you know, more than ever, I re- I don't regret having just three channels. It was uh, preceded you know, I was by Halloween watching Town. Uh, Cyber Chase while this was going on, and I was learning algebra. Were you learning? This was so good while watching Gilbert Gottfried play a bird with a hat, and Christopher Lloyd play a green-skinned hacker man. This was yes. so good. They came out with a a sequel, if you will. Uh, a sequel. It's it's. I remember one oh of the board. You're you're eating <laughs> shit one. with your grin, like you came up with the term sequel, and that's what really bugs me. Because I was about <laughs> I was about ready to it. give you credit for being like that's not so bad, but then I saw that it's actually called Xenon the sequel. And the uh, fact that you tried to sneak that one past me. I'll take I'll take credit. <laughs> well, I shared it. I'll take credit for it though. I came up with that. Um, I know one of the plot points, and I hope maybe it's the same thing in Moonshot, is that they are flying past like some planet. I don't know if it's like Venus or some shit. Uh, but the 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 shit gets too close to the planet, and they get stuck in a gravity well, and they have to like contact the princess or the the goddess of the planet, and then they have to like pop on the surface of so venus Jake, or some shit and be um, like, release us uh, why would uh, show me your show me your flight path to mars that slingshots around venus which is in the opposite direction well you know maybe maybe they'll 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 slingshot around a different planet uh this, you know wait, maybe you around. Know, as i just like as i hear more about this and i'm looking more about this i i there's i am tempted to like look into the credits and make sure that Elrona Hubbard is not credited with any writing credits on this. Why would like you this, think he'd be on this? I feel like this is like some kind of backdoor into Dianetics. <laughs> I don't like this is yeah. it's Scientology for the kids. Well, half of Hollywood I, is Scientologist or Kabbalah it, or whatever it, they're on now. It, it doesn't help that the movie title is like a half step away from Xenu. So it's actually the moon. Oh, oh, or however, there's Xenon. Okay. Yeah, not not. I who cares about? Well, that's what we were still talking about. Well, maybe this has some relevance to it. Okay, yeah, Xenon. Sure, that's that's obviously Scientology. (laughs) Yeah. So it's actually their ship runs out of fuel. They nearly crash their desk on the moon, but the aliens. Oh. Show up and rescue them. Yeah, and then they have fights with the aliens. Yeah, they turn they turn out to be friendly and uh, communicating. uh, Show up and rescue them, uh, or some or no communicates with Xenon telepathically. Reveal that they have been lost in space for three years and need their ship's navigation charts to get home. A generation thinking it impolite to just take them. So where's the part where the friendly aliens tell? Uh, Xenon to stop taking her psych beds because psychiatrists are inhibitors to, to your spiritual awakening. I, I like that scene. I want to see that scene in the movie. Um, uh, fun fact, the Disney Channel original series Lizzie McGuire premiered after this film's premiere. So, take that home. Jake, are you she fucking with back. me? Are you playing games? Are you playing agent games with me, Jake? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking with you. I'm I'm playing some of the old Mel Gibson classics and just blurting out anti-Semitic remarks. Is that all you know? I mean, they did kill <laughs> Jesus. I, yeah, that's I all really, I know about Mel Gibson. 
I really want this man, the main character's name. He's like, for all intents and purposes, he's Mel Gibson. I will not assign him any other name, except if he is called Agent James Game. And he's literally Agent Does Game. Does it have to be James Game, or could it be any first name? It can be any. It can be Griffin. Griffin Agent Game. Griffin Game. <laughs> Agent Hunger Games. <laughs> um, so I looked up Mel Gibson facts, and it actually took me to um, Britannica.com. He's had a, a very long and successful career in film. Apparently his full name is Mel Columseal Gerard Gibson, who was born January 3rd, 1956, in Peekskill, New York. And he... American-born Australian, Australian actor. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, he was in... Um, That's Brave how he got into Mad Max, is because he just happened to be a, a prominent uh, Australian actor at the time. Oh, Mel Gibson, checker in the Um Agent game is a, a spy thriller, I guess, uh, made by Sabin Films. It, it's kind of a geezer teaser. Mel Gibson's getting some geezer teaser roles, but the movies he's in actually seem like they could be at least a little fun, and he at yeah, least this... seems engaged in acting in them. So It looks slickly edited. Yeah, like, I, do I think this is a good movie? No, no, I don't think this will be a great movie or a good movie. But mm-hmm. will it? Will it be like passable as a movie? Sure, I'm sure it'll be fine for what it is—a low budget, straight to DVD or straight to Redbox um, action movie, which is all it is and all it needs to be. Yeah, Mel Gibson has has looked fifty his whole life, but he finally looks sixty in this movie. I think that is what throws it off, as he's actually starting to show his age a little oh, bit. He looks he, he looks pretty. It's amazing the, transfer, in, uh, the personal transformation he went through after playing Fat Man. Yeah, I was about to say he he's looked that way for a while, uh, almost since uh, I think Daddy's Home Two is the last time he dyed his hair for a movie, and so now he's he's looking a little more his age because his hair is all gray. We also yeah, I mean, have uh, in this movie, I guess, Jason Isaacs, who's uh, who's fresh off of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, it's launched his career, right? To yeah, he's films. he's done. He, I mean, the great heights he's reached, <laughs> saving films—that's the pinnacle, baby. But you know what they say: Star Trek Discovery—it's a stepping stone to the to cinematic history and soon you will be burdened with the unbearable weight of massive talent <laughs> uh, Kurt's, on, Kurt's on the warpath today guys. I have got Sorry my to... transition game on point again podcaster of the year award coming home to upstate New York I... hold on yes, Real back, leave, right, yeah, Jake, right yes, back to one. Mel I just want to point this out I was just I don't know why I was scrolling through the agent game trailer um and I, I rolled past this one. Look at the shell coming out of that gun. Is that, like, super CGI? Oh, yeah. yeah. the muzzle flare is CG. It's like, it's not even, like, yeah. I CG is almost, like, not, is overselling it. Like, it's Dude. part of an effects pack. You know, what they the get fuck? the muzzle flash effects pack, volume three. 
uh, pistols and smart and well, arms. I think you can do those, and those those can look good if you take the time to like really composite them into the shot. Well, this is not composited into the shot. Well, in That's, fact, I mean, maybe it's not. In fact, I think Final it's cut backwards. Maybe, but... <laughs> yeah, the shell oh, backwards. is it? I think the muzzle flare is backwards it... too. Oh, kind of. Yeah. And it's also huh. way too small. Yeah, the, the piss. <laughs> it's kind of like it kind of looks so goofy. I, I wasn't looking for anything like that, but that like stood out to me almost immediately, and I was like, "Oh, it's fucking Alec Baldwin! Come it's on!" It's a low budget action movie. This uh, is. I assume the VFX team are all full sale graduates. No, they're not graduates yet. They're just at full sale. <laughs> this is a class they you take. Off. This is what they make in between their mandatory attendance at NXT shows now. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is their homework. Yeah. They get assigned saving films <laughs> to edit to do the VFX for. Um, but back to our back to where we were, our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, more Nick Cage. We've we've covered the development. Like we've had tabs on this for a while now. Yeah, we clocked this uh, one months ever since ago. it was just a twinkle in Nick Cage's eye. <laughs> um, now it's sprouted, fully formed from his head, like 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 Athena from Zeus. <laughs> um, we have we have the the movie here. Um, it's a it's an actual trailer, a plot trailer. So. Um, I mean, just to recap, there was a trailer uh, beforehand. It was a teaser. It was only about forty seconds. The the red band version, at least of this mo- this trailer, was about three minutes, and unfortunately, gives you a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, we won't spoil. We'll just give away the the basic premise once again. Um, Nick Cage, a man out of cash, because he buys dinosaur bones and like colonies of cobras and like castles in england and he'll just buy anything uh he's out of money um so they say he says i don't even want to do acting anymore and neil patrick harris says to him just do a birthday party dude just be that just be that celebrity person who gets paid to do rich people birthday parties he's like all right okay okay and so he does it and then i guess the guy he's he's doing the birthday party for is a bad dude he's got federales after him and nick cage he's like a cartel super criminal man. but they start getting along with their deep philosophical conversations about film and and living life and so when he's asked to be a mole for the federales He's he's hesitant. He doesn't know what to do, and that's the crux. He doesn't want to betray his bromance. Yes, that's the crux of the movie. It's uh, duty to country versus unrequited bromantical love. Um, and uh, it, it it's it delivers on the promise of what we were excited about when we heard about this movie, even like conceptually, was going to be a thing. Um, so you best believe there will be a unbearable weight of massive talent review on this show. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, this is, I'm, ex- I'm it, excited for this. And it doesn't even, it doesn't hurt that Pedro Pascal has been cast as the, he, he is not him in this movie. There are many actors who play themselves in this movie. He is not one of them. He is the super criminal. I think. Um, so he gets to play yeah. that kind of role, which I think. 
he's he looks like he's doing a really good job. Well, I mean, the last time he tried to play a supervillain wasn't that great. That's, that's true. <laughs> well, Wishmaster. What was he a villain in that? Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> he was the Wishman. <laughs> Became the Wishing Stone. Fuck. They got you on that Wishing Well, Kiss and Tell. That sh- Man, I, I think I got. Twice I've been reminded of Wonder Woman 1984. Time. <laughs> Something about that movie is like a like a like a Men in Black flasher. Realizer. Ah, uh, yeah, one of those. So this comes out April 22nd, 2022. It's got a pretty good cast. You got Nick Cage, of course, Pedro Pascal, Neil Patrick Harris as Nick Cage's agent, and Tiffany Haddish as one of the Federales. Um, so I can't. Uh, can't say I'm not excited because I am. Yep. And is that all of the movie clips trailers we got right that now? That is all the movie clips. Uh, yeah. Because we got the... one more. Yeah. Uh, o- Obi Wan. Obi Wan. That's the Obi Wan more trailer uh, that came out. We got the full. Is this still considered a teaser? Actually. I mean, it's. The gas. Yes, I, I guess yeah. that's what they called it. it I, I think because it probably didn't mean reveal anything any... anymore. Yeah, I think because but... it's just a series of shots. It's not really like a plot to it, so they didn't like give that many voice dialogue and audio lines or whatever. So maybe they'll show more like what's the story about? Maybe, maybe they won't. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what a teaser or a trailer or a teaser trailer. They is don't. These words don't mean because... anything anymore. Like Peter was saying, it's like when you say literally. And you don't actually mean that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I have high hopes for this because they're they're really they're hyping it up. I they, they hype everything up, but I don't have high hopes for this. I mean, I want it to be good, but mm-hmm. yeah. Disney plus Star Wars or Disney Star Wars in general, with the exception of two seasons of The Mandalorian has not proven worthy of the benefit of the doubt. So, yeah, I, it, oh, you go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so if it, if it lives up, if this is good, I can see this being a, you know, a fugitive on the run uh, story about Obi-Wan Kenobi trying to like, trying to still live, uh, you know, live a good life and, Figuring out what it means to be holding up the standard of what it means to be a Jedi in the face of an empire-controlled galaxy, because that was Kenobi's whole thing. Is he was like the most Jediest Jedi to to ever do. It. He was the goodest boy. <laughs> um, so if they play into that, uh, this this may go places. Yeah. I'm a little concerned yeah, by so some I... of the information that's leaked out. Uh, where uh, Kathleen Kennedy, I believe, confirmed that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are going to have a rematch in this series, yeah. well, which a that doesn't fit very neatly into the established continuity. No, it does. No, no Vader's it, so, surprised that Obi-Wan's still alive in A New Hope. For, for quite a while, um, I mean, maybe he thought he died in this one, but for a while... Um, people had been thinking that in A New Hope, the reason why Obi-Wan knows that the Death Star is not a moon, he knows it's a space station like well before they get there. He knows almost immediately where to go to like find like the places in there. Well, I mean, the, him being a I space station, voice... they were building it at the end of 
Revenge of the Sith. So it's been under construction for a while. Yeah, but I don't know how much he knew about that already. I mean, he was that around. That wouldn't have been like a Republic thing. He may have been around. I don't know if he knew about it. I think that whole project was like pretty secretive in the in the upper ranks. So they, they talk about a little bit of the some some of like the Star Killer <laughs> projects like and the Death Star projects. The of, uh, Revenge of the Sith. I don't think I it, you could no, see it outside the window or whatever. It was over a recognizable planet. They were on a. They were on a. Uh, the first of the Star Destroyers, as they watch from the bridge as the uh, yeah. Death Star is being constructed. I remember that shot. I'll have to go back and watch it, it but I think it's over a recognizable planet. So that's that's kind of what a lot of the basis of like the theories that have been going out is that at some point maybe he tried to get onto the Death Star, and maybe this is like what we're gonna hear the story of of like his time. Uh, finding out maybe from like some rebellion that they're building a Death Star and then he goes on it, tries to do some stuff and that's why he knows it already um, and kind of saw it beforehand. That's why he recognized it before New Hope. Um, but again, I don't, that's a speculation. It's pure speculation. Yeah, it could be something completely different and it probably is. I think a lot of people have ideas that it could be possibly um, him helping prevent like uh, the Inquisitors from finding some Jedi children. Because uh, that was a big plot point in a lot of the recent games uh, and Fallen Order uh, plot point was like the location of where all the Jedi's were. It was also in the last of the Rebels, I think Rebels or Clone Wars. Uh, one were, of those was those, a big yes. plot point. Um, um, and then Inquisitors came up uh, big time in Rebels, uh, which we get the first depiction of Grand Inquisitor. I forgot what his name was. Now, but he is a is... ex Jedi Temple uh, gone dark side, uh, and he looks iffy. Uh, he does not look like what his uh, his, his rebels appearance was. Yeah, looks... so Inquisitors are kind. Of, they're they're an element of the canon that's kind of slipped by me because it's been it mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't been in any of the mainline movies. It's, yeah, it's a fairly um, recent invention. Or the side movies. It's been, yeah, like you said, the games and the shows. Um, I Do Inquisitors, do they have the power of the Force? Yes. Okay, but they're not considered Sith. No, they are oftentimes um, like Jedi turned dark side. So they're probably like more like dark Jedi or... Um, Sith apprentices, or maybe not even that. Honestly, well, I guess they can't well, be I mean, Sith because there's. I guess I know what they two. are. Is they wanted to have more lightsabers in Star Wars, yes. but couldn't figure out how to fit that. Yeah, jive That's that. That's exactly with the why they anti force stance. Yeah, they were just like enforcers. Um, the fun fact: uh, one of the Inquisitors, I don't remember exactly who it was, but one of the Inquisitors was actually. Uh, defeated by Ahsoka in like some comic um, and she actually took his crystals to purify them and when you purify red kyber crystals uh, they turn white that's why her lightsabers are white later on because she did eventually get rid of her uh, blue lightsabers that she got from blue yeah blue lightsabers that she got from Anakin Um, what this all tells me is that I appreciate the resilience and the drive for growth that the Wikipedia and extended universes have. It's like a flower sprouting from volcanic ash. The pedantry and the and the the little minute details will ever grow outward, and we will once again have 
heaps of books Canons and, and piles yeah. of media. You see, my, my um, thing is a lot of it's been rewritten from when I was, you know, deep into the lore. So... Uh, and this is what he was like in the comics. So, um, the the head the head shape is honestly where that's losing a lot of people. Um, I, I'm kind of peeved. I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't get him, and they tried to. Uh, but they should have just went with the voice actor for the Grand Inquisitor, because that was voiced by uh, Rup. Well, is his Sorry, head shape played better? Now by this, that's what's losing. People. Yeah, a little bit actually. Like, I mean, that just looks like a. a it looks like uh, what I see is I see the difference between an actual person's head and a cartoon person's head, <laughs> proportion wise. I, I think they could have done it a little bit better. I I think the voice would have been a lot more spot on. So the voice, uh, let me let me get the voice actor. Uh, so he's being played by Rupert, a friend. Yeah, a friend. Yeah. Uh, but he, sorry, I'm Jason Isaacs, uh, who was. Malfoy's dad. Jason Isaacs, the same Jason Isaacs that was in Agent Games. Oh, is he in Agent Games? Maybe that's why they couldn't get him. Damn it. Damn it, Mel. Um, so this this is a guy. And, and he's done live action stuff. He's done vi- villain roles even to this point. So it just seems like the obvious pick uh, because they've also done that with... Uh, Bo-Katan's uh, voice actress, they turned her into a live-action actor, and she was did a pretty decent job, and they made her very uh, accurate to the the character. But, you know, how they use them is going to be different. I've also heard complaining about them fighting Kenobi and then Kenobi losing against the Inquisitors at some point and people being upset because he can beat, like, Anakin at, like, not peak power, but like very high power. I'd say that was probably um, the peak of his powers. You think? Yeah. Okay. Then, may, then maybe. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, he beat Anakin at peak power, and now he's like, and he defeated Darth Maul in two strokes. So mm-hmm. it's like, what are you gonna just have him lose against these fucking peons that dropped out of the Jedi Order and turned, you know, emo? So, uh, the Jedi Fallen Order did a good job fleshing out Inquisitors. Um, if anybody wants to go back and watch some of that storyline or play that game, it's a very good game. I highly recommend it. Um, and then there was some good stuff in Rebels that kind of flesh out the storyline of Inquisitors. I know there's some goofy stuff because it is a kid's show. Like, everybody points to the fucking lightsaber spinning and flying away scene. And, yeah, it's it's there's dumb shit like that, but there's also, like, pretty pretty nice stuff in there as well uh and you kind of see that at the end of the trailer when the lightsaber is spinning around uh their their blades actually can spin around 360 yeah that i'm not so much as i've gotten older i've become less of a fan of gimmick lightsabers yeah yeah it's it is what it is i personally i wish they just had all double-bladed lightsabers i think that'd be you know, perfectly acceptable and practical. It was better than one, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, instead, they had to have like a, a hilt that doesn't do anything because it will be chopped off by a lightsaber and uh, spinning for reasons, you know? Because it makes a cool just... toy. It does. It does make a cool toy. But I feel like they've sold these toys already when the Rebel toys came out. But now they can do live action. This I guess. Another, they they they've got the but tooling that made they up. Disney <laughs> when they were doing that. Yeah, 
Uh, you also had the uh, same actors from uh, episode three come back to play um, Uncle Owen and I forgot what her name was. Aunt Fuck. Brew, Aunt something. Aunt Maru, yeah. So I get to see her, come, them come back, and maybe they're going to be a little bit more... Um, kind of have some cool scenes. Uh, see, I, I appreciate not complaining the way they're uncles. going with this because it gives an excuse for this not to be set entirely on Tatooine, which I think we, we spoke in Book of Boba Fett. We yes. need to get away from Tatooine. <laughs> uh, yes, and it does It does appear that they're going to do something like that. Um, so for the sake of brevity, I appreciate that, even though, you know, you can argue he's not doing a great job of watching over Luke if he's running off across the galaxy here to fight these Inquisitors. Maybe they'll look. He's trying to. Maybe they'll explain. Him off Who knows the trail? Perhaps so, that can be the justification. I, I think... Look, I, I'm going to watch this obviously because it's going to be something we review on the show, and I'm going to hope it's mm-hmm. good. I want it to be good. I like you and McGregor. Yeah. I like his portrayal of Obi Wan Kenobi. I just have very little reason to have confidence that it'll be good. Well, I mean, the last good stuff that we saw was from Mandalorian. Well, I yes, Book of Boba Fett with Mandalorian, but you know, before that, it was just it was just Mando, and I don't know. I I, I feel like even that's reaching its limit. I mean, like how many more adventures of just like ah, new planet? Oh, we got Grogu. What are, what are they going to do? How many Star Trek they episodes are there? People? About that many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I guess if they keep on you know, coming up with cool shit. But again, they're also running out of cameos, too. They're, I mean, they're probably oh, no, they might so have closer to, and closer to like rely on storytelling. <laughs> no, they can't do that. They've already written themselves into a circle with just doing cameos. And the new characters are lineless uh you know chublaka and a sniper lady who they give little screen time it's to it's colleen wagon uh, iron fist to you <laughs> that great show so, iron I, fist that we all love so much i think we're i think we're all on uh i, I did get is... hyped for it but i have to temper my expectations for this a little bit uh, I think the best part is probably going to be Ewan McGregor, and the rest might just be filler and setup for. Yeah, I think I or maybe just filling in the. I holes, can confidently I say that this will not have the same leading man issues that Book of Boba Fett did. No. Um, yeah. Especially with like an established <sighs> character like Obi Wan. I mean, I mean, Boba Fett wasn't exactly the most fleshed out character so part of this was like making its own arc where we've already seen a good chunk of we've, well we've seen obi-wan's arc yeah we've seen him die the, the prequels <laughs> should have been more focused on obi-wan i think that would have made them yeah. better but yeah that's uh that's the obi-wan kenobi teaser trailer we'll watch it hopefully it doesn't suck <laughs> that's basically where we're at right now uh all right, so that does it for Trey Watch. Let's move on now to the follow-up, which is our little segment here where we follow up on some of the movies we talk about in Trey Watch, see how they're doing commercially and critically. 
Uh, first up, the feature presentation for last week's show, The Batman. Uh, made a little bit of money, I guess. $134 million. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good! $123 million above the second place movie. Uh, yeah, uh, it's doing well. <laughs> it it did well, and it continues to do well. Actually, you know, um, pretty steep. Well, I guess it hasn't been the weekend yet, but uh, pretty steep drop-off in week two here, uh, at least domestically. It's only tacked down another $43 million. Um. Mm-hmm. $296 million worldwide. Um, I feel like it It did. I remember reading that it just opened today in Japan. So uh, oh, well. there are definitely some big worldwide markets that it hasn't opened in yet. Um, which might explain why that's mm-hmm. down a little bit. In a distant, I don't think I've ever seen a gap between one and two quite this drastic or at least it's been a long time um and second with 11 million (laughs) dollars that is a order of magnitude uh down 51.7 percent and out of 400 theaters is uncharted in its third week Ooh, kind of kind of limping along there and in third place about half back of that is dog Mm. It's into third place and into the spotlight this week on the show because we've either seen or reviewed just about every relevant movie in the top ten except Dog. So guess what? You're getting Dog. Dog. Uh, We're to get some some nice some nice reviews from the best. The best. Uh, Dog's currently best sitting dog. at a six point seven out of ten on IMDb. 76% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and a 60% overall score on Metacritic. But you know the drill. These aren't real people. You should not trust them. They have agendas. They can be bought. You know who you can't buy? The anonymous strangers of the IMDb user review section because they do not have bank accounts for you to deposit your blood money in. <laughs> they don't believe in them. They don't trust the bank. They keep their money under their mattress. 401ks, who needs them? They've got 401,000 bullets for when the doomsday comes. <laughs> Their only 401k is the 401,000 bullets they got down their doomsday shelter, which just is their uh, d- basement that is finished They're and has a pool room. table. <laughs> They've got a pool <laughs> table and a dartboard and a wet bar. Kurt, I, I think, Kurt, um, these these may be the early adopters of the United States crypto dollar. Yes. <laughs> this guy, I don't trust the government holding my money, which is why I have bought this government-backed cryptocurrency. <laughs> I want to go back to the gold standard. That is... Crypto mind on gold chips. <laughs> uh. It makes it extra solid. They told me the guys at Best Buy sold me that gold plated HDMI cable, said that it makes the data go faster. <laughs> I mean, Dog. it doesn't do that, but it, it can theoretically be argued that there are some advantages. Don't buy them if they cost more. 
but there are theoretically some advantages to gold-plated display cables. Um, but that's neither here nor there. What's here is a 10 out of 10 review of Dog from Stjdrav, S-J, or S.J. Trav. He's S.J. Trav. That sounds like a DJ name. It's S.J. Trav up in here. Um, some don't get it. For those who don't understand the weight of combat, think professional critics, this movie may not have hit the mark. However, if the story of a 21st century U.S. Army Ranger and a canine make your heart swell with emotion, ellipses, you are an American. <laughs> not for kids, but bring tissues. This movie hits close to home for some of us. Zero, zero found that helpful. If it make your heart now, swell of emotion, you are an American. Now, now who, now who could hate a dog movie? And these one out of ten IMDb oh, people, cats. these cretins, <laughs> talking about how cats are these better. cretins, they're all cat peoples. So that's their bias. They, they're, they're paid off by big cat, I believe. That's, I think that's what's what's happening here because uh, I don't trust like getting paid off by like, big. Puss. I don't trust like that. Like yeah, big puss paid off dragon Arimania. Yeah, that's a cat stuff. name if I've <laughs> ever heard of anything. And they said one out of ten, the most boring movie of the year. Movies with pets are popular and cute, but not this one. Only cats. It is. <laughs> I'm putting words in his mouth. Boring, depressive, and pointless. Weak story, few poor comedy scenes. Isn't that a good thing? The rest is weirdly made promo for drawing people to military. The best part was when I fell asleep for a few minutes, but couldn't sleep any longer. BCS, I was too disturbed with the trauma of what I just watched. Would you wake up in a hot sweat? <laughs> What a waste of the talent. Main character was not that bad, but he was in the wrong movie. I don't know what happened. Poor dog. He deserved a better plot. I love dogs. You will better not believe me until you see it yourself. I made the same mistake. Just watch anything else and you'll have a better time. Six out of eight on the doubtful. Confusing messaging. Yeah, I'm not sure sure what they thought about the movie. Yeah, well, because he well he said few poor comedy scenes, meaning like I there think were not he a lot said of there weren't many bad. and they were bad. There were a few poor well, comedy scenes. Th- that that to me that implies that there were more better ones. There were there were more high quality ones, but whatever. Um, well, using context, uh, and, and then, and then I, uh, I I pieced together that he meant there were a few comedy scenes that were of poor quality. And then, and then he's saying, he's saying, what a waste of talent, or, uh, uh, you know, you got to see it for yourself, but, you know, don't make the same mistake I did and don't watch this movie. Look, are you telling us to go see it or not? To make the same judgment? Make up your mind, Dragon Arimini Mana. All I know is that as you're reading that, I know you're reading that in some other voice, but I just picked, I, I re- voiced it in my head as Nathan Lane reading that review. I I think 
I, I was he in uh, Cats vs. Dogs? I feel like he was in. He played an animated cat at some point, and not in the Cats movie. Um, he was Timon. It's <laughs> not true. technically a cat, but uh, that doesn't matter. Oh well. Uh, we have this six out of ten review from Movie Three Do. Panasonic uh, bottom. Um, 6 out of 10 my dog D-A-W-G what's up dog Channing Tatum playing around with a canine for an hour and a half first of all as a comedy I think this movie didn't do well there were some jokes that made me chuckle but many of them were more awkward than funny This this made the first half pretty bland Then the second half hits, and the movie let go of the comedy and transitioned into a drama. This was when the movie became a bit better. The relationship between Tatum's character and the dog progressed tremendously, but in an interesting way. It's a friendship between two traumatized and broken people. The dog here had a good and serious character development. This made the ending fairly impactful. However, while the dog was well-focused... Tatum's character wasn't as on par. His story took a backseat and didn't invest me much. This prevented the relationship between the two characters from hitting hard. Overall, it's still wholesome enough. 6.5 out of 10. End of review. (laughs) 1 out of 5 found that helpful. So I... uh... I've been perusing Nathan Lane's IMDb, and I don't see any movie where he voiced an animated cat. He was in Mouse Hunt, which is... Uh, yes. I do remember that movie. I remember not liking that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, Freshy8888. That's four eights. Quad eight. Uh, now, this is a dog flick. This is a great story all about how <laughs> former Army Ranger finding his way back. No, I can't fit that to the meter of the song. Uh, former Army Ranger finding his way back to having a real life along with a fellow Ranger, K9. Both suffer from TBI and PTSD. Their journey is not easy. However, it is compelling, sometimes funny, and entertaining the entire way though through to the end tatum's best work imo he should do more of this as he was perfect in the role as well as the supporting cast two out of three found that helpful now this is a dog flick i see now this is is pod racing now this is dog racing (laughs) different kind of dog (laughs) <laughs> we'll go we'll go to the tracks and uh go. we'll go yeah this is dog Bet race the greyhounds <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll get on one and ride one to victory um uh, so uh, there's there's not a lot of one out of tens but I, i'm picking this one not because it's the most helpful but because it's um the, the last line is awful and apparently this man critics voice video. Maybe they're a channel, maybe not. I don't know. We'll open a link in a new tab and say so 
unpredictable. There's multiple O's in there. Uh, so dull and predictable. Ah, don't do that. Okay, hold on. A time, time out. You know, if you're gonna have a title to your review, don't start your review with the title. It's shallow and pedantic, you know? So predictable. So dull and predictable, this movie relies heavily on Channing Tatum's comedic chops, which are about as funny as a broken toe. (laughs) What? Funny as a broken toe? Serious, like a heart attack. What is this guy born? Is he born in the 20s? As for his dramatic skills, we all know his range is limited. This movie has no storyline and no emotional depth. No matter how much it drags itself out trying to fool you into thinking it has one, the dog and Channing had absolutely no connection whatsoever. I felt nothing. It was just basically a dog lover's wet dream. Skip. That... What that was they they fucking they fucking uh, dropped it in the in the last quarter there that with the yeah. one line. What specifically is in a dog lover's wet dream? dream. I really hope it's Lucky not dogs. For you, I'm an animal lover. <laughs> Lucky for in you. the purest of the sense. I see you quoting uh, Scoots. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of when he said dog lover's wet dream. I was like, lucky for you, I'm a dog lover. I'm a dog lover. You guys got some fun ones. The the middling ones, they've just been, they're middling. Uh, But we we carry on through the fire and the flames uh, with Alex 432's 5 out of 10 review. Warning spoilers. Uh, I know this was supposed to be a feel-good movie, but... Frankly, I didn't feel any better. On to the review. Or anything at all, for that matter. This is odd, given that one of the main characters is a dog, and I tend to get teary-eyed at the end of these kind of films. But not this time. I've seen better performances from Channing Tatum. In this one, he kind of feels like he's just phoning it in, and his chemistry with the dog isn't anything to write home about either. Uh, This is not a terrible film by any means, but... Make no mistake, it isn't a very good one. Uh, There is a big missed opportunity towards the end, where Channing Tatum's character is having a seizure, but they, director slash writer, which I assume is their pronouns, uh, do nothing with it. I was expecting the dog save Channing Tatum's character's life by barking loudly and incessantly, and in return, Channing Tatum's character would do the same at the end, which could have been an emotionally satisfying moment, even if a tad predictable. What they do instead is make the dog just stare at Channing Tatum's character, and that's it. Channing Tatum's character just changes his mind, which reduces their bonding to feeling nothing but forced. Yes, I know I've been calling Channing Tatum's character Channing Tatum's character, but truthfully I couldn't remember his name or any defining characteristics. Just another stock character. This is the kind of film that you watch once, forget about most, almost immediately after watching it, have no reason to rewatch or recommend to anyone. A little harsh, but I admit, fair. To the last word. On guard. <laughs> to the last. Three out of four. To the pain. Pain and suffering. Well, that's dog. Hope, 
Well, Hope we helped you decide what to think about that movie, because I sure shit don't. Um. All right. Next up, we got Spider-Man No Way Home sliding into fourth place, still bringing in some pretty fat stacks, $4.5 million in its 12th week. That ain't too shabby. Mm-hmm. 1.868 million roll, bi- billion, excuse me, worldwide. Um, Death on the Nile slides down to fifth with 2.7 million. Sing 2, 1.6 million, good enough for sixth place, same as last week. Jackass Forever drops two spots, down 57, 54.7% out of almost 1,000 theaters for $1.42 million. Cyrano, Cyrano? Cyrano. Cyrano. Yeah, Cyrano. Uh, is in eighth this week, up from last week, $678,000. Um, down 51%, though. And uh, Gangubai... Gangubai Kathiawadi? That's my... It's my bad that movie. My bad accent. Uh, <laughs> sure, this. A woman becomes a powerful underworld figure. Uh that opened in ninth with a five hundred oh, I'm sorry, a five hundred and ninety two, yeah. Five hundred and ninety two thousand dollar opening. And that's all the money it's made thus far, so this might have been like a one showing dealie, Bob. Um It may have been, yeah. Um and then rounding out the top ten, we have got Scream. Scream. Um, I was perusing through the bottom, you know, the the trash here. And I know, like, there's always ones that are just, like, that sneak in there just, like, fucking weird off the wall. And one of those um, is Adventures in Success, which doesn't sound like a weird one. But if you click on it and read the synopsis... Uh, it's, they, I, I don't know what to think about this one. They, they, they really dropped this one in here with an innocuous title. Um, Adventures in Success. A sex cult settles in the Catskills to build community and spread knowledge led by their mystical female founder. Their mission is to prioritize pleasure through a ritual called Jilling Off, which they believe will heal Mother Earth. Jilling Off, I get it. Like... I mean, I, yeah, I know the hand thing, Jill, is a thing. I'm assuming mm-hmm. the what they just jerk off. And... Yeah, instead of jacking off. Yes, uh, it refers to masturbation. Off. Oh, maybe that's for women. Yeah, yeah that's maybe. the joke, is that guys jack off, girls uh, Jill off. Because Jack and Jill. Jill. I, it... <laughs> I get it, I get it. I just don't like, I mean, all right. Well, I was going to say special mention, special shout out to a not-so-jacking-off movie, uh, Dune, which is in its 20th week. Happy birthday. Uh, still in 76 theaters, making it a whopping 16,000 monies. Especially there's Afterlife still in theaters, too. Dune. Yeah, every now and then there's, some, there's a couple that like just stick around forever. Yeah. We all remember the war Dude, of Grandpa. Well, well. We- Oh yeah, she's Belfast was also another one that's in there. It's in there for seventeen weeks, still holding yeah. on. 
I don't know why Encanto is still in movies. It's on Disney Channel. Disney Disney Channel. It's on Disney Plus. Like, come on, the fuck. Because people will pay to see it, evidently. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is still in theaters in 16 weeks, and it's also on your Delta free movie experience. <laughs> if you brought an aux cord to your Delta flight or want to pay two dollars. I had the pleasure of watching Welcome to Raccoon City or just Raccoon City, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Yes. That's oh, you saw that. Okay. I saw that, but without the sound and with no subtitles. <laughs> I think it was a better movie How for it, yeah. to be quite honest. All right. Well, um, it was a, it was if, a movie. Uh, it was, that's, that's a good transition to gaming news, is any? We're talking about Resident Evil stuff, so let's. Talk some gaming news here. All right. There is a Dead Space reboot in the works, and rumor has it it'll be out in 2023, early 2023. The target window was revealed in a live stream today, which also showcased some of the audio improvements for the survival horror reboot. So that was a big Dead Space live stream. We got announcement that it's coming and the arrival window will be early 2023 Dead Space, pretty popular game uh, EA company notoriously out of ideas so <laughs> remaster yeah um, just take all of our old games that were that are still good today and make them, make them again Dr. Disrespect has settled his lawsuit with Twitch um no word yes. on why he's banned from the platform and probably no word ever because I'm sure part of the settlement terms was drop all mention of this shit. Yep. 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 Yeah. He posted a pretty cryptic just image of a notepad with him writing, I have settled my Twitch lawsuit and no party admits wrongdoing. Um, so I, I don't even know what, what happened. Maybe they got his paid they, out his contract or something. Him, little refresher. They gave him the money he wanted, or the money he would accept. Yeah, and uh, he's just dropping the lawsuit. Yeah, little like refresher from everybody because it was a long ass time ago. Remember Mixer coming on? Uh, Mixer was poaching a lot of Twitch streamers away from Twitch and then giving them contracts. They gave one, uh, notably to Shroud and I believe Ninja even. Uh, to come over to Mixer and stream exclusively there. Uh, big sums of money because they're backed by Microsoft. And then, like, in a month or two, I think, they it was, went under. It was almost they a year. closed up so. shop. Yeah. Was it really? Hmm. It had been around a while okay. by the time we were on it. Maybe it was just, just like, like getting, like, on, not on level with Twitch, but, like, actually competitive. They were putting a lot of push so behind it. As, yeah. So as a rebuttal, YouTube and Twitch started contracting, or not contracting, but like making contracts with their streamers to exclusively have them stream on their platform. And one of the ones that they shelled out a lot of money for was Dr. Disrespect at the time. Um, and I think they did that. And then very shortly after that, he, um, or, or Mixer went under. I think that's what it was. Is like they, they gave the contract to Dr. Disrespect and then months later, Mixer went under, and now Twitch has this massive contract with Dr. Disrespect that they never needed. Um, and instead of trying to find a way out, well, I guess they did find a way out. They just said he 
violated their terms of service and banned him from the platform immediately, which, you know, they didn't have to pay him anymore. And, you know, then he sued. So, kind of, kind of shady, shitty thing that, that Twitch did, but hey, that's business, it's business, baby. baby. Uh, speaking of business, Konami did themselves a good piece of business here and announcing the Cowabunga Collection, which will bring 13 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games to modern platforms. Those games include Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, the arcade version as well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the NES game, which I think is technically incompletable because there's a certain jump in one level that you can't actually make. So maybe they patched that for this release. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game for the NES, not the actual arcade game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project for the NES. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighter, NES. Uh, TMNT 4, Turtles in Time, Super Nintendo. A great game. Uh, TMNT Tournament Fighters for the Super Nintendo. TMNT Hyperstone Heist. For Sega Genesis, TMNT, Tournament Fighters for Genesis. So you got like four versions of Tournament Fighters. <laughs> Counting in your 13 games here. TMNT, Fall of the Foot Clan for the Game Boy. TMNT 2, Back in the Sewers for the Game Boy. Or Back from the Sewers, I should say. TMNT 3, Radical Rescue for the Game Boy. So uh, pretty much every Ninja Turtles game you could possibly want collected for you in a a package that Konami's marketing is claiming to be one shell of a time. <laughs> I get it. Uh, Never heard that. So a group of investors bought a lucky or uh, had a lucky stock buy as they claim. Um, Barry Diller and uh, a few other cronies got a stock tip. Uh, David Geffen. All right. Okay. Yeah. David Geffen, uh, who's a film studio executive, Fox co-founder, Barry Diller and investor, Alexander von Frustenberg said to have purchased about $108 million worth of Activision shares just four days before the Microsoft acquisition was announced back in January. Uh, the purchase netted the trio a tiny little profit of about $60 million. Uh, that's now under investigation for insider trading. Because <laughs> the timing is just a little too suspicious. Um, John Romero, legendary game developer of Daikatana and nothing else, <laughs> released a, uh, released a uh, couple new Doom levels. As part of a fun Doom Two levels, I should say, as part of a fundraiser for the Ukraine, and raised about twenty nine thousand uh, dollars to aid in the war effort in the Ukraine. Um, I don't think we should have to to say anything about this, but obviously, we're on the Ukrainian side of this conflict. Um, yeah, Russia, Russia, bad. Putin is a very bad man. Remember when when France didn't want to go to Iraq? And we renamed French fries Freedom Fries. Do you think all the Quebecers are renaming Poutine to be something a little less reminiscent of Putin? Like <laughs> Zelen- Zelensky and... 
<laughs> uh, they can't even do Vladimir, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, I don't even know ski what they fries. were going to do with this. I mean, it's hard to do it with old ski fries. the Adidas out of Russia, like... The Gopniks That's are crazy. devastated. The Slavs, man. Yeah, the How Slavs are they going to squat now? Can only squat. They can't. They can't do it. Uh, to to you know, piggyback off this also, Russia's considering, I did hear this the other day, Russia considers legalizing software piracy to combat tech bans. Uh, so like a ton of, obviously, a ton of companies are pulling out of Russia. Oh, yeah. They're um, also like, are they doing a strategy like, these companies that pulled out, they're going to just nationalize them and turn them into Russian IP? I yes and also the fact that they're just not gonna like prosecute like copyright stuff yeah. so i wonder if like you tr- if like Ma- law. so like mcdonald's mcdonald's pulled out of russia so they just like pulled their chain they're not just you know closing up shop they're not doing it anymore and you know why that's bad is not only people don't get their hamburgers but they also people yeah, lose their jobs anymore and if this is rolling across russia i mean like just look at like the airline industries there's literally just complete airlines that are out of business almost or down to just only doing Russia to Russia planes. Um, so that's fucking crazy. Then- uh, so now they're like not going to prosecute copyright stuff. So somebody like that franchise manager could just be like, you know what? I'm just going to open anyways and just yeah, they're gonna, be in they're blatant copyright. They're going to open it up as and this McDonald's is my company. And every other national company will never ever do business in Russia again because they can't guarantee the safety of their intellectual property. Yeah. Good job. You just bootlegged your whole fucking economy, Russia. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Russia's on its way to becoming just another just a pirate, just all pirate, pirate Russians, nation. which is terrifying. <laughs> which is funny because the they don't have a warm water port, which was like half of the reason they do their wars in the first place. <laughs> Can't be a pirate in the winter. Good luck with that, Russia. It's more, it's more um, difficult. It's arguably more difficult. I do feel bad for the regular that, people yes. of Russia that are suffering greatly because of one man's oh, yeah. uh, dick measuring contest he's having with the rest Shout of the world. Oh, it's 100%. Shout out to the much more popular YouTuber than us, Life of Boris. <laughs> he's a sad man right now. Feel better. Have a big chebrek. And and wait for this all to blow some over. Um, Gotham Knights yeah, is yeah. finally le- releasing this October, um, almost a year after the game's <laughs> announcing uh, or uh, announcement of the delay. Even um, so, we did cover that this game was delayed, and we also covered that you know there was hope for for it to be good, and we were glad that they were delaying it to get it right. Uh, but they have they have a firm release date. It'll drop October 25th of this year. So uh, I think that's a co-op game. So that could be one that we, we feature on stream together. Like That's cool. Um, just like we're friends together <laughs> through loyalty. I'm, I'm just playing that on repeat. <laughs> in my, in the yeah, it's, it's living rent-free in my head for sure. Friends... Through eternity, loyalty, honesty, we'll stay together through thick or thin. Friends forever will be together. We're on top because we play to win. Friends through eternity, loyalty, honesty. <laughs> uh, I wish, uh, man. Yeah. I wish I had more um, fucking 
quotes from this show. Like IMDb gives a few, but God, they don't. It doesn't do it just. I, Mark, I didn't know you had a father. I thought we were all orphans. <laughs> the worst part about orphans is they ain't got no parents. Yeah, this. My mother was Korean and my father was a black American. She gave me this picture when she was real <laughs> sick. I was only nine years old. This is written. Oh, it was so beautifully. So you'll be shocked to know that the writers of this movie were uh, YK Kim and Wu Sang Park. And, you know, their script didn't necessarily <laughs> translate super well to English. Tom, Tom is at the beach checking out all the women. They don't make buns like that down at the bakery. Mm, dude. Slay it, yes. Slay it. Yes. Oh, this is it. Oh, it's, it's in a, a longer one. Uh, so this is a longer quote. Sorry. So, Mark, how do you feel about putting some board breaking into the act? Sure, why not? We could write another Taekwondo song, and after Tom does one of his guitar solos, we could all break boards. Jack could do a drum solo. How about it, Jack? Man, love to help you write that song, John, but there's no way I'm going to break any boards in that club. I don't even want to play no, there anymore. He's solemn about it. He's why? Like, I don't want to play there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because that other band jumped us the other night? To recap the thing that we literally just saw probably 10 minutes Not ago. Even. <laughs> yeah, because of Jeff, too. He's in there every night with his damn gang selling that stupid cocaine. So yes. the 80s were a wonderful a time cocaine. where you could just set a movie in Miami and have it be about cocaine and everything would work out for you. Uh, this is the decade of Scarface yeah. and Miami Vice. Um, and also equally cultural significance and equal quality to those two movies and television show, uh, mm-hmm. Miami connection, the brainchild of YK Kim, who is a, a Taekwondo grandmaster and, uh, aspiring filmmaker. This is a thing. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen this with other things that have been on like, RLM's best of the worst, like um, what was it? Not the Double Dragon, not Double Dragon, but um, Dragon Twins or something. Yeah, something like that. It was some Canadian movie, but apparently this is a thing. Like martial arts guys like to do sometimes is make a movie like promoting either their their variety of martial arts or martial arts as a as a thing to do. Um, I think the Canadian movie was they were like protesting anti martial arts sentiment. <laughs> That was like real in Canada at the time. They were like, "Don't do hand to hand combat." And these guys were like, "What are you talking about? It's like an athletic. It's and it's it's an athletic activity. Let kids go to the dojo. Here, we'll make this cool movie about it." No, I don't know how to make a movie. <laughs> Not even a little bit. So I don't. This wasn't quite that. This was just. I am a Taekwondo grandmaster. Let's make a fucking Taekwondo movie. And we're gonna make it rad as fuck. Yeah, this is we're gonna have and, gl- and bloody. We're gonna hire biker gangs to show their tits and do tricks and drink beer on screen. Like they definitely just hired an actual biker gang to hang out for the uh, afternoon. Yeah, um, I I did have to replay that that bit because I was I was just I was just floored and I was like, were those actual boobies that I saw? I, this is the. Well, let me just like, read for everyone at home. Again. 
the synopsis of this movie, just to give you an idea of what you're dealing with here. A martial arts rock band goes up against a band of motorcycle ninjas who have tightened their grip on the Florida narcotics trade. There are no lies. 80s, yeah. This is what 80s parody movies wish they could be. This is what Kung Fury wants to be. Well, all right, well. I mean, it's just, it's it's (laughs) something else. It's something to behold. It truly is a work of art on so many levels. Um, You've got the decision to ADR everyone's dialogue again, but not to have someone who can actually speak English to do the dubbing for Mark. (laughs) Yes. Uh, It's the classic uh, move of English dubbing over English. Uh, they they mo- they did mostly keep it to ADR. I feel like there's a couple scenes where they did dub over. Someone well, it's probably because they didn't have the like any quality sound equipment and couldn't mic anyone properly during the main shoot. I don't think it was ADR because they wanted to do ADR. I think it was a necessity. Yeah. Um. So yeah this this is a this is somehow a dense movie. Uh, just it's in, somehow had it's a lot only of emotion. 86 minutes long, but you have Taekwondo uh, doing many things, including healing a family. Like it cured a dad of his deadbeatism. <laughs> yeah. Taekwondo will bring your dad back. I need to make up for all, all the wrong I've done starting now. Because <laughs> your Taekwondo. Um, Like, uh, the thing that, that threw me, like, well, first of all, I watched this movie very late at night, uh, so I was tired. I was not in prime watching form. That's on, that's on me. I wasn't prepared. I didn't ready my body and mind for this Taekwondo experience. I don't think you can um, ready yourself so, in Miami Connection. So when a scene comes up, and it's 30 seconds long, and it's them getting in a car and driving off, as if we're supposed to go somewhere. And then it cuts to not only a different location entirely, but a different set of characters entirely. And that scene is dropped. Uh, I get, I get winded. Like I start wheezing and my, it's I break exhausting. out in hives. <laughs> I mean, some of these fight scenes I had to like check my watch to make sure like what time it was. Cause it was like, like the fight scenes went on for a long time. And I'm not complaining about it. That was honestly some of the better stuff. Was like the fact that these ridiculous fight scenes of Taekwondo and and brutal katana swordsmanship later on in the movie yeah. went on for just ever. Mm-hmm. And and it was the all the better for it. Uh, you had uh, YK Kim, who was obviously the better of the uh, the, group. the one that um, knows Taekwondo. <laughs> Kicking ass, taking names. Um, now, I think the worst part of like any of the fighting that I saw, and maybe this is just because they were sparring, so they wanted to look fake, was the sparring scene where they say that cocaine line about the board breaking and shit. I think that because there were some kicks that never connected, but then there were also some like kicks that they definitely also added in the sound effect yeah, of you know, my favorite one. I, like I, think, I, I think what it was though was that scene in particular. I mean, we'll talk about how bad it was, but I think it was they were practicing 
for choreography for the show. Yeah, it was so mm. like bizarre. Like it's a scene where they're in the courtyard sparring, but they stop like and just let mm-hmm. it, it was. It's like to the point and they're playing. Yeah, they're playing action music over this whole scene. Like this is like really important. They're just ratcheting the tension up with the soundtrack. Yeah, like the, they're doing some training. I guess one dude just has a knife and he like sticks the knife out and just stops and holds his arm out and waits for Mr. Kim to do his business. And after a certain point, I thought it was a demonstration. Like at this, this felt like I was watching a Taekwondo demonstration of like, this is how you, you know, remove a knife. What you seeing was the foundational videos for Steven Seagal's um, specific um denomination of aikido <laughs> where he just you ever see those videos where people run up to him and he just yeah. goes why jedi mind tricks them into doing a barrel roll well that's like <laughs> if you've ever seen putin's fucking taekwondo yeah. demonstration or whatever what are you talking about he's he's a black he belt well, anymore but judo <laughs> Judo said no. You don't. We're unlearning judo from you. You no longer know judo. Good job. They come up Putin with the liquid paper and start whiting out his black belt. I'm erasing you. You're back to white belt. You got to start over. Um, I want to see what else YK Kim did because I feel like he's probably done a like a, a taekwondo instructional at home video. And use scenes from this to sell that fucking DVD or VHS. Miami Connection is his only credit. I would watch. I would. I would oh. go. I would buy and use the Miami Connection workout video. So he's. I mean, watching it was almost a workout. So he he appears as himself in Friends for Eternity. The Making of Miami Connection, which is a video documentary released in 2012. This movie came out in 1987. Um, and Outsider, which is a TV series documentary as himself. And Miami Connection, Rockers versus Ninjas, which aired in 2017. So the story of this movie is YK Kim and, and his buddy here made this movie in the same way that a lot of people made their... Uh, shitty martial arts movies in the 80s. This actually got a theatrical release. It made no money in theaters to the shock of no one. Are we sure it's theaters plural? (laughs) Was it one of those situations where he just rented out the local theater? He four-walled it? Uh, He got the crew to come in and brought in all his friends? Because I can see that. Uh, here, here, here's the trivia. So the film opened to poor box office, scathing reviews, and had long been forgotten. In June 2009, Zach Carlson approached. So, um, yeah, I mean, poor box office. I maybe it was multiple. I I feel like we may have gotten this to carry multiple theaters, but like Jake said, it was was getting to in the trivia note there. Um, a company that got into like restoring a lot of these older movies for Blu-ray release, got in contact with YK Kim about polishing this up for a Blu-ray release. And at first he thought they were fucking with him. So he just hung up. It took them like months to actually get them on the phone to okay the restoration process. Eight Eight theaters. 
released. Uh, the film opened in August 1988 in eight theaters in the Greater Orlando. In Greater Orlando, they didn't even also open Miami. Seen in Daytona Beach and Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was too. That's too oh, ritzy. Did they, they couldn't do it? Wait, did they say what theater they opened it in? Because there's a non-zero chance they opened it at the uh, FCU uh, campus theater. Because that'd be funny. A lot of this movie takes place in uh, 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 University oh, of Central UCF. Theater. Yeah, UCF. University yeah. of Central Florida. It was also screened in Daytona Beach and Melbourne, Florida. Uh, the film also opened in West Germany. Kim, Kim said, I was so excited. I had no doubt that we would pack every theater and it would be a blockbuster. Of course it did. In three weeks, Orlando Sentinel called it the worst film in 1988. The film had cost about $1 million and had almost bankrupted Kim. Uh, Rob Hunemack of St. Magazine commented that the film should have been featured on an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and that it would have been likely, would have likely been seen as a prize specimen and went uh, for the jugular. Yeah. Yeah. It did get on, they did make a riff track. Yes. There is a Miami Connection riff tracks. And it's it's one of their favorite bad movies. Uh, same with the Red Letter Media guys; they have a Miami Connection poster in their. So it's it's pretty legendary. I mean, it it's got, a beautiful poster. It got <laughs> a a big like second lease on life when the Blu-ray release came out in 2012. They finally got a hold of Mr. Kim, and he gave them the okay to restore some of this footage. And man, this footage was beat to fucking shit, man. In the beginning, yep. you can see. Really bad film damage. Yeah, this was a movie. This uh, was a movie yeah, that was, no one cared about. <laughs> it was there was a goof, I think, about it. Um, hmm. Trying to find out where it was. There was something about the film, like you see the grains uh, at at certain points. Well, I think it's just the the film was beat up. So when they they did the Blu-ray remaster, they cleaned it up as best as they could, and they did a pretty good job. For the most part, this movie looks as good as you would expect a low-budget Taekwondo movie from 1987 to look. But there are there are parts where there's like physical damage to the film you can see on the frame, which is, you know, something else. Um, I would say you definitely want to watch Miami Connection. <laughs> you're you're gonna want to watch it. I I highly recommend it's, this shit. It's a, this is amazing. Yeah, sorry. So this has actually like oh, reinvented its um, legacy. It now has a sixty-five percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Because <laughs> we're finally it far is enough removed. It is truly one of those movies that is so bad it's good, but also enjoyable. Like it was not an unenjoyable movie to watch. Like we've seen, like some of Neil Breen shit's really bad, but it also is a. Fucking nightmare yeah, this was this I was had much more um, fun watching this than something like Triple Frontier. Oh, absolutely! I'd watch this yeah. three times before I watch Triple Frontier again. Right. If this is this is actually really great, as it's so bad, it's a good movie because this this is just it's a it sins as if you want to be that way about it, uh, or that it's like super cheesy and a little idiosyncratic with some with some classic bad editing, which means that it's a great introduction to like terrible movies if you want to get someone into just into cinematic trash this is a great this is a good gateway open, drug open yeah time. yes 
and and like as for like storyline and like like the narrative and tone for it i mean it it does what it wants and it does not play by any rules or regulations to it's gonna have a beach scene that has no payoff to have a biker scene with titties flopping everywhere and then to like later on in the movie like way later just out of nowhere after like some of the main conflict with Jeff is resolved and they're just like brushing this brother's death off like it's nothing. Um, and then automatically they're just like, oh my God, Jim found his dad that he never found, he'd never heard of ever. And then they're building this up and everybody's like, oh my God, Jim, I'm so happy for you. And I'm like, something's going to happen to Jim. Here's Jim's what happens to Jim. He world. gets cut by the very same katana that bounced off the fucking tree trunk seconds earlier in that scene. <laughs> it's it's fucking it's wild, man. But through the power of Taekwondo, you you also get old men that you've never seen before beat up fugs outside their their gas station convenience store because they know taekwondo and of course dragon sound the rock band that they're all part of (laughs) just happens to be driving by (laughs) and you have you have mr kim who looks about 15 years older than anyone else in the band (laughs) pretending he's the same age (laughs) i'm just one of the boys guys come on Literally, literally, literally the Steve Buscemi Thirty Rock meme. <laughs> oh God, it it was it was something else. Uh, I mean, we had Ninja Stars in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who we can had, forget uh, decapitations? We had fucking arms being cut off by Katana. Yeah, this is a surprisingly violent movie, and and in some respects, yeah. Um, but it's 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 just it's so beautiful on so many levels like we we watch a lot of shit movies and this is why we watch shit movies because every now and then you'll get one that's that's fun and bad like this um and you'll have like you know rogue was kind of like that in a lot of ways too uh but you know sometimes you, you don't you don't get so lucky but definitely miami connection is a uh, 86 minutes well spent. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just going through some of the trivia, and this is the most Miami Connection trivia ever. Uh, one of the fight scenes was interrupted by police who thought the brawl was real. <laughs> oh, and did they film the police coming? Because there's that shot of the police coming towards, uh, towards well, the fracas. The two- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the two police officers who arrive at the scene of the brawl were real police officers. They were apparently so nervous that one of them points his pistol straight at his fellow officer's torso. <laughs> Yo. But it's okay because uh, YK Kim uh, assured that there were no injuries on the filming of the set. Um, most of the cast were students of YK Kim who owned a chain of Taekwondo studios. Um, so that's, that's just amazing. Imagine just being like your Taekwondo instructor, just being like, so yeah, this is it. YK Kim is your local Taekwondo dojo owner. He's, he's do it. He owns Owns a chain chain. of dojos and he's, he's making pretty good money and he thinks, you know, the best investment I can make with all my Taekwondo teaching 
cash coming in is to make a movie starring myself and my students. And uh, it is under these unique circumstances that Miami Connection was born. And on that day, the angels sung and three wise men began their march from the Middle East to the Southeast. Yep. With their, with their, they have three treasures. Yeah. Um, and we didn't even talk about the end title card. Oh, uh, Peter, I know you've been dying to talk about the end title card. Why don't you talk about the end sure, title card? Sure, I'll do it. Um, see, it didn't hit me as hard as it hit some, maybe hit some of you guys because I saw the review of it, so I knew it was like coming. But uh, I'll set the stage. Uh, Jim's, they're going to see Jim's dad. Uh, this is this. Everything's looking up. Everyone's they graduated. They beat up the um, the narcotics dealers. There's no more cocaine in Miami. <laughs> it's, it's all done. Everything's looking great. And on the way, you know, he says goodbye to all his friends. He's in the car, um, and they go and they're ambushed by the ninjas, seeking revenge for their fallen comrade. And in this one climactic battle in the dirt and muck of the forest. Um, he's brutally slain by these ninjas. Or he's gravely wounded, should I say. He is grievously wounded, yeah. um, it is. It's the absolute nadir of these characters' uh, personal arcs as his friends uh, fight for their lives against the, uh, you know, this revenant ninja clan. Um, bloodshed everywhere. The katanas are flying. The limbs are flying, but they make it out of there. They go to the hospital... He makes a miraculous recovery with his dad there to greet him as he comes out of the, the operation room. And they're, they're beaten. They're, they, they just killed a bunch of dudes. They just murdered their fucking way to safety. And then the title card pops up. And I'm, if, I, if I try and quote it word for word, I'm going to get it wrong. So I trust this to Kurt. What does it say? What is the last title oh, card shit. this fucking I was not say? prepared for this. Um, <laughs> let me bring it up. I can look it up. Yeah. Uh, Miami connection. It was something about card. like only through. Here, I got okay. this. I got this. And it says only through the elimination of violence can we achieve world peace. Only through the violent elimination of violence, the brutal, uncompromising elimination of violence, can we achieve world peace? Yes, it is. It it's. It's a wonderful message that's very poignant in these times. We need to get Putin to watch mm -hmm. Miami Connection. It's, uh, it is um, an ending on par with the, with the Godfrey Ho films, if not if not better. Um, and I think, kind of to cap this off, yeah, I I, I ever suggest that you watch this. Great watch, uh, really enjoy it. This is where I, I drop a, a little bomb on y'all. Now. We've watched six Ninja Operation movies. Have we not watched I've the seventh? I've led you to believe. Yes. I don't think we watched Royal Warriors. We watched... Okay. Um, I, and we had plans to at one point. Warrior on... I believe, but... We talked about it. I don't think we did. I'll make sure, because if we haven't, um, we're going to have to. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's like 25 Godfrey Ho Ninja movies. Oh, yeah. 
But this one is the last. This one is the the highest numbered one in the. Is it the one where he, he fucking has the Garfield phone? <laughs> I I don't know. Oh, I need to show that. Uh, I, the the synopsis for this one is the Purple Ninja Empire get their hands on a lost treasure map. The race is on to find the legendary Burmese treasure. <laughs> think that's one i don't think that's the one we've seen um, maybe not but you know how often are the plot synopsis is something that you can go off for these movies yeah um and i want to watch that one there, there he is <laughs> oh god he's like playing some sort of fucking federal marshal too he's just on his garfield boat Oh, geez. All right. Yeah, watch Miami Connection. Uh, we'll we'll make plans, maybe finish off the Ninja Operations uh, in a future episode. But this has been episode 305. Be sure to check out SaturnStuds.com for links to our Twitch stream at Stud Saturn. We're going to be pushing hard to finish up God of War in time for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which comes out March 25th, which is soon. Um... And uh, you can check out Iron Blood Gaming. I think they're also linked on our website, so you can go over there. Uh, there's esports teams. There's uh, other content creators. A little something for everything, and a little something for everyone. A slice of whatever, whatever you want. So check out all those guys. Give them follows and all that stuff. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye.